Well, hey, good morning, everybody. This is Behind the Beards. And here on Behind the Beards, we pull the curtain back, take a look behind the scenes, and try to reveal the things that go on in the hearts and minds of your church and ministry leaders. Uh, this season, we're looking for new ways uh, to prepare ourselves and our people for mm. Christian life, and we're really excited for what is to come. Um, Aaron Partlow, in the top left of your screen today, is a youth minister in Longview, Texas. I'm Joshua Fowler, preaching minister in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And joining us again, man, this is like three or four times, Jody. Jody Gardner from Longview, Texas. Good to have you with us. He's a regular now. I know. Yeah, I think it's third time. Third time? Okay. Does that make you regular? Makes you regular. Re regular enough, right? <laughs> I have a microphone this time, so that's why I'm leaning forward. I'm trying to... <laughs> Sound better. Most yeah. attended guest. I would say that yeah. at least. I think. And I think, uh, uh, we've only only had somebody else come on twice. Taking uh, the beard thing to a serious level this time too. So I appreciate it. that. Yeah, I've been growing yeah. out for this podcast. Just for that's this a, podcast. That's a beard I could get behind. <laughs> I think I'm a common guest because it's easy for Aaron to ask me. He just it's walks true. down the hall, puts the proximity. Um, proximity is is a value, right? That's right. You want me to fix your tomorrow. computer? Come on my podcast. What's new with you guys, man? What's going on this week? Uh, man, I've got, I've just got a busy week. You know, I'm excited. There's a new coffee shop that opened up a couple months down the road from us. It's on the way to church. It's a solid 7.5 out of 10 for me. As far as coffee, which means it's not great, but it's cheap and it's it's good, and I don't have to make it at home. It's called Revive Brew. Uh, if you're in Longview, come out to Gladewater, check them out. It's a Christian-owned company. She saved all of her high school money, and this is the story that my wife told me. I don't, I haven't fact-checked any of it, but <laughs> she saved all her money, and then she bought this place and she opened it up uh, uh, after she graduated high school, kind of a thing. And so uh, they're really nice people. Um, they're very sweet, and uh, hopefully, if my I get new internet today, so we're switching over to fiber. Uh, and if they come and install it soon enough, I'm gonna head over there because we have Netsis Fall Days is being hosted at Pine Tree this year. And to greet everybody, um, I have asked Revive Brew to come out and set up a latte stand to serve some pumpkin spice lattes and other fall drinks uh, as people uh, come and enter uh, to Netsis fall days. So uh, nice. I'm going to go talk with them a little bit more about that. They're excited about the business and the opportunity to be able to do something like that. I'm excited because they're local uh, and they're nice people and they're Christians. And so it'll be, it'll be cool. So that is in the works other than our youth group is getting a new ping pong table on Thursday. Uh, and that's a big deal. Like we're really excited about it. So new ping pong tables are always a big deal. That's right. So we're going to have some sweet games coming up. Jody, anything new with your family? Oh man, we're just kind of in the regular busy schedule. Kids in school. My son's playing flag football. And then, Ooh. yeah. So it's, what position does he play? Well, he's been playing nothing so far because he's had mono. 
So he's he had to sit out for two weeks. So his oh, spleen would rupture. Uh, so the coach, I'm the assistant coach. The head coach was she was really helpful and let him snap the ball so he could still be out there. But we'll see. Saturday is his first his first game. We had our first game this past Saturday, so I was coaching, sweating it out. Uh, it's, other than it's that, man, it's the, it's the regular grind. I got try to treat Fridays like a Sabbath day. So that means I try to have sermon printed off and ready mm-hmm. by Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening. Um, so I feel like the clock is constantly ticking, and that's that's where I met on Tuesdays. It's like the, the twelve hour day for me to get as much done as possible. Yeah, Monday you go like from hero to zero, right? I mean. Like, Sunday is like really good, and then you wake up Monday, and it's like, oh man, I got to do this all over again. Yeah. Um, we have yeah. uh, it's always coming. The clock is always ticking. It is. It is. So my daughter is in Europe right now, studying abroad. Oh wow! And uh, she got engaged last week. So oh. this is. It's been it's been kind of a crazy month. We got to see our son. Got to see the grandbaby. Had all of our kids in our house for the first time in three and a half years, everybody was together. Um, so that was pretty cool. And then we sent one back to Oklahoma. We sent one back, one to Europe, sent Dustin back home to Japan. And now my daughter's engaged. So, wow. It's just crazy how all of a sudden I remember when the kids were toddlers, like you would go like from week to week and like how much things would change like all at once. Um, how rapidly they grow and then somehow you get to this stage of life and look around it's like um dude like life's coming at me at warp speed right now (laughs) yeah um that's a lot going on it really is so you know at at 45 years old you kind of look look at kind of what's ahead and go man what a i don't really know how to process all this this isn't uh I'm not really prepared for for things sometimes. So, but it's been really cool, really good. We really like Tyler. He's a good man. Um, I was going to ask so, that. Do you like him? So you do. He treats That's it good. Yeah. He's a uh, he's growing. Loves God. He and Jody both are are growing up together in their faith, and he treats her really well. And um, we really couldn't ask for for a whole lot more. So they got engaged in Europe. In Greece, it, okay. You know, when in Santorini, <laughs> like, it's true. She, we sent the pictures. I was like, yeah, if I was there, I probably would have proposed to your mom again because it was. It's a really, Poor really guy cool setting that bar pretty high, pretty early. <laughs> I'm saying like a lot Valentine's of years. days will never be the same. <laughs> That's right. There's a lot of years to uh, in between, but good for them. All right. Well, congrats with all that's going on with your family. Sounds like some big things. That's pretty cool. Well, we're here uh, kind of setting up, picking up where we left off several months ago. Um, Jody was talking to us about a sabbatical he was getting ready to take, and now the sabbatical has been taken. And hopefully you've uh, recuperated from, you know, the, that sabbatical. It sounds like uh, your guys really set you up really well to come back and not feel um, like pressed to catch up. Um, I think that's always my challenge with taking vacations is I'm good on the vacation, but the amount of work I have to do when I come back almost kind of makes me feel like maybe that vacation wasn't worth it. 
Yeah. So hopefully, uh, sounds like they had you set up pretty well when it came uh, to being able to come home and get back in and really feel like like things went well. We're going to talk about how that went today. Some things Jody learned from that and how we can put some of those uh, lessons into our everyday lives as well. So, yeah. Um, where do you want to start, Aaron? Where do you want to start with this thing? Well, man, like we started off, uh, so what I did, just for our viewers so they know, a couple months ago we had a whole bunch of questions that we asked Jody. He kind of moved through it, and, and Jody's got uh, some stuff that he'll talk about when it comes to sabbatical, but I thought it'd be kind of cool to jump through some of those questions again a second time just to see, uh, you know, if if it was like what you expected, what you get out of it, and stuff like that. This isn't a, this also isn't like a, for our viewers, it's like isn't a test for Jody to be like, did you did you succeed in your sabbatical? It's more like, hey, if I'm a minister and I'm and my shepherds or my elders and we're having a conversation about sabbatical, um, like that's great and and we should be able to have those conversations and we should be able to take them. But also, like as a minister, like what what are things like you expect? Like you have high expectations. I have high expectations of mission trips uh, and places that we take kids and how I expect it to go. And when I come home, I'm like, hmm, okay, it was a little bit different. Things happened a little bit differently. So this is more just like a, uh, like, what'd you get out of it? Like, how did mm -hmm. it go kind of a thing? So um, let's see. Uh, we asked you, you know, uh, what is a sabbatical and who needs one? Uh, do you still feel like a sabbatical is a good thing uh, for you personally, for a minister? Do you think, you know, in uh, another five years, uh, you'd be like, yeah, I think doing a sabbatical is would help or helps with ministry longevity? Uh, I definitely think it does. I think every minister needs one. Um, I think I wish all elders would consider it. I will say, I guess a few things. One is most people at church, I guess to talk to me, were positive. I never heard anything negative, like I can't believe you get this and I don't get this. Or, you know, mm. everybody was super supportive, positive, uh, very welcoming when I got back. But it did make me feel like, um, I'll say a few things, and it may sound scattered, but hopefully it all connects. One is, it was it was really nice to have the break, but it did mm -hmm. feel like, I use this analogy a lot, like you're watching a movie, you press pause, and then mm. you go do some stuff, you come back, press play, and then you pick right back up where you left off. So, although I am very thankful for the sabbatical, it went by really fast. Mm -hmm. What I predicted was true, and my prediction was that some people won't even know that I'm gone because I took it during <laughs> the summer, and we have so many people that travel a lot that I, I literally had a family that comes on a regular basis. That their daughter, who's sort of in your youth group, came up to me after the first Sunday, and she's like, you said something about sabbatical, and I didn't even realize you were on one because we went to blah, 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 and they started talking about all the places they went. Uh, I had lunch with a guy that said he missed hearing my voice, but then during lunch he admitted he'd only been to church once in those five weeks. So I say all that to say, Yikes. Uh, I don't think taking a break and for an extended break like that is as big of a deal as maybe we made it out to be. Right, like, yeah. I think, it, in fact, some people said that to me, like, why are we making such a big deal out of this? Like, it should just be like, hey, we're giving him a break. I traveled and went to different churches. Uh, I, there's one church in Longview that we thought about going to visit. And I was watching their live stream one day and the guest speaker or whoever was like, hey, so-and-so, our, our lead minister, he's on summer break. 
and then they just moved on. I was like, that's all they said was he's on summer break. Like, <laughs> and I was just like, oh, it's that easy to just say like, hey, we're giving them a break, a summer break. So, and that's not to sound, I hope I don't sound negative or like- I'm No, not at all. But I just, I think we, we took a step for our church to say, okay, how will this sabbatical work? How will people respond? And I think at the end of it, it's kind of like, it was a nice break but we could probably do this sort of thing more often. It's not that big of a deal. It's okay. I mean, for you, Aaron, summer would be a bad time to take a sabbatical. It would. Youth minister, but if, I think if you, if they wanted to give you a break more often, you know, whenever is the lighter youth ministry season, get guest teachers, take, you know, take a break. Like that's kind of my thought is, uh, I, I think our church is open to giving us breaks and taking care of us. And I think maybe one of the things we learned is it's just not, it wasn't as big of a deal as we made it out to be. Like, oh, right. he's going to sabbatical. Uh, oh, boy. You know, it, most people were just kind of like, cool. It's amazing yeah. how the world keeps spinning uh, yeah. when I'm when I'm not there. You know, yep. it, it reminds yeah. me a lot of times, like, if I, um, like, even still, like, I get worried about the youth ministry. If I take a week off or I go on yeah. vacation, I'm like, but what if, like, is it all going to fall apart? And it's like, no, it's, it's, it's not like, it's gonna, like, it'll be fine. Um, in five weeks, four weeks, whatever, you know, man, you get some guest speakers to fill in and sure. Like it was, it was weird. I'll, I'll say like as a, as a, on staff, it was weird, but I was gone and busy so much that it was like, like I didn't notice too much, but it was weird to have both, uh, our Hispanic minister and our preaching minister, not there. We had a new children's minister, uh, uh, and so then from that perspective, and myself. So, like for me, like for me, like it was noticeable that you weren't there. But a little bit was because um, you know I was helping out uh, with some Sunday morning stuff as well uh, and things like that. But but yeah, like it's uh, that's that kind of blows my mind sometimes about you went you know, on the sabbatical. Challenging, uh... Yeah, the challenging <laughs> yeah. aspect for me is even for like if I'm going to be gone for one Sunday, mm. um, it's hard to find people who will fill that role. Mm. Like I don't have trouble finding somebody to teach my Sunday morning Bible class. I don't have trouble finding somebody to teach my Wednesday Bible class, but finding someone who is able, qualified, and willing to preach you know, is, is just such a challenge. And so to think about doing that for a month um, but when you have, you know, the setup that you have, when you have the kind of preparation that you guys put into it, yeah. it takes that off, off the table because you have all that time to prepare. Yeah. And, yeah. We definitely had several months. I mean, I was scheduling speakers probably early spring, if not mm -hmm. before then. Um, and we're blessed to have people like we got our youth minister that can preach Aaron. Yeah. we got some elders that want to preach and are mm -hmm. willing. And we have several people that I, I got turned down by a few people within our congregation for the same reasons. Like one guy said, all right, looking at the calendar, talking to my wife, I'm not sure we're going to be there at all in July. So I'll have to turn you down. Uh, yeah. oh. So we had a few extras that we could have used, but, but yeah, awesome. I could say it, we're just blessed to think to have some people that are great teachers and for one Sunday that can transfer over and they can preach. It's a little bit different preaching teaching but you know a lot of the skills translate and yeah i think i think we did okay got a few outside speakers in well and i think you have a good uh like test of your health as well because when you look at 
like the mm-hmm. downfall, especially of some of the the mega churches that we've seen here in the recent past that have taken like these pretty drastic turns. Um, people have become defined by the guy that's in the pulpit every Sunday. Yeah. And they don't know who they are apart from the preacher. And the preacher is not just someone that brings them a lesson, but it becomes the person that they follow as opposed to being a part of the church and seeing that minister just as a tool in God's hands. And so when something happens to that leader, the whole church loses its identity. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think this is one way that you can really test, um, you know, who you are as a body. And and to me, the fact that you were gone for a month and you had some people that came in and said, man, I'm, that's really cool that you took that, but I didn't really notice. There's a little part of me personally that would be like, oh, man, my fingers are kind of hurt. But then when you step back and look, um, that says something really positive, I think, about the church, the people, the leadership and the position that they're in. Because now, you know, that preacher is just a part of what we do. It's not this identifying factor or the sole reason that people are showing up. So, yeah, that's, um, that's, really that's cool. a big that's a big part of uh, uh, church plant theology as well. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of church yeah. plants will do really well and then they'll grow really big. Uh, and the initial like first minister, that first group who did that church plant, like that church will grow based off of their personalities and their kind of stuff. Um but then when that age group dies off, that church either has to change or uh, or they're going to die or they're going to start mm-hmm. dying off and things like that. And churches go through that cycle as, uh, as well as, as where do you find that dynamic identity, which, you know, hopefully we would all find that in Christ. And I mean, that's the Bible answer there. <laughs> so. Well, that's, those are, yeah, those are great points. Like they, I think that the thing that the people missed was not necessarily me in that sense, but they missed consistency, I guess. Like right. some people don't like showing up and not knowing what's about to hit them mm-hmm. on that Sunday or creatures of habit. So I think they missed the consistency, but it, it was wasn't, a QR yeah, they're, code. They're not built around my identity for sure. And then what else was I going to say? Oh, uh, pick in July was strategic for my family, but also, you know, it, we didn't try to make big decisions or anything like that. I knew that being in July, everything slows down. So mm-hmm. I think if I were gone at a different time of the year, and, you know, there was some big decisions going on. Right. If I came back and a lot had changed, I'd probably be like, oh, crud. <laughs> you know, but I came back and the church was just like, okay, summer's over now. But nobody, you know, there was no big big meeting for some real big decision about the future of our church while I was gone either. So that was nice. I think I probably would have a different perspective if I came back <laughs> and the had changed. They hired a new preacher or something. They hired yeah. a new preacher, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're doing two services, so that's always they're a huge debate. And if they made that decision like while I was gone and I came back, I'd be like, whoa, I wish I could have weighed in on that. you know. But nothing like that happened while I was gone, so it was nice. It was just Yeah, it is good. Just trying to paint your office, that's all. That was the only big decision that almost got made. Now, that would have been, throw me for a loop, but it would have been nice for somebody (laughs) else to do that for me. Um, So, do you think, how do you think your prepping helped for your sabbatical? Do you think, like, that you prepped in the right ways? Would you, what would you change uh, in in five years, in four years, when you start prepping for another sabbatical? How do you think your prepping would change? What would you do differently? Well, Josh already mentioned something about, like, uh, 
having time to prepare to get those speakers in. So I think yeah. I keep that the same. Um, you know, be intentional about who you're bringing in to speak and scheduling that out so you're not waiting to the last. Finish your thought anytime. Yeah. <laughs> um, until the last. A week with my wife, a week. I lost your video. We lost your full audio, so you have to re re restart. We we still lost you. It's that sudden leak internet for you. That's why we're switching over to fiber at the Partlow house. <laughs> We've had pretty good luck with our uh, AT and T fiber since we got it. Yeah, I and... really the fiber like does really well. We had uh, AT and T fiber in Kansas, and it was really sad to leave it. But during COVID, they went to unlimited. Mm -hmm. um, so it's never throttled. We never have any issues. That's nice. Because all of our uh, all of our cable is like streaming and stuff. So. Oh yeah, who like who uses like? Yeah, that's all I ever do. Oh, he's like gone, 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 gone. Oh, he's back, back. Nice back. There it is. Saying. Yeah, well, well, how'd your how'd your prep go? Thought you guys, your internet messed up, and then I realized it was mine. I'm sorry about that. Uh, no, that's okay. We yeah, lost you. You said uh, you had the preparation where, you know, you would keep the preparation the same to make sure you were not getting the last speakers. minute to get uh, yeah, speakers, get people in place. So, but the overall sabbatical, they wanted me to spend a week with my wife, a solo week, a week with my family, a week reconnecting with family back home. So I. <laughs> hey, take well, a lot like when you start out. looking at traveling for a month man that's expensive so that was something i did share with them when i got back is i probably would slow it down a bit maybe only take a few trips and mm -hmm. stay at home a little bit more i mean we were gone a lot and uh we had to pay somebody to mow the lawn while i was gone and take care of some things and i don't know i, I think maybe the prep of just trying to fill each week and make the most of the time. I would, next time around, probably slow it down a bit. Maybe only mm -hmm. plan a few trips. And some time at home, just relax. Yeah, and traveling's expensive, but it's also, um, it can be stressful. You know, when uh, you're thinking about going somewhere and, you know, being out, packing, there's so much preparation that goes into travel as well. So, uh, yeah, definitely. You're living out of a bag. I lived out of a suitcase or a bag basically for a month. Yeah. Always, always fun living out of a suitcase. Uh, that was one of the things that Jody was, my daughter Jody was talking about when they're getting ready mm -hmm. to go to Europe for three months. She was like, Dad, what do I pack? I'm like, sweetie, you're only going to be able to take like three pair of shoes. And she loves her shoes. And she's like, three? Like, <laughs> yeah. If, if that, yeah. <laughs> We got dress shoes and tennis shoes and then like pool shoes, Sandals. you know, and Sandals, yeah. Um, or if you're me, that's just one pair of chacos. That's just one pair of chacos. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Those are my church shoes. Those are my beach shoes and they're my football shoes. So hey, the, your chacos made me think of something or just talking about traveling. Another thing that I would keep in mind for the next time around is this was like the hottest summer. I can ever remember. You know, it's always usually hot, but it it really kind of sucked the life out of some of the sabbatical. 
right solo week trying to go out for a walk or something in the woods like i just get dehydrated <laughs> <and> miserable <laughs> so i just stay indoors a lot so i think uh, going if, if it's possible to go somewhere if you're in texas in the south somewhere go somewhere further north where you get away from the heat for a little while if you're doing it in summer that's something else i would change yeah good luck good luck finding that in texas somewhere yeah i think i'm gonna go to canada (laughs) what did you find um did you find what you were looking for um or did anything like kind of surprise you while you were on a sabbatical man that's a good question yeah um a lot i think it probably I don't know if this is the best word to use, but maybe underwhelming. Like mm. you have high expectations, or mm-hmm. I did, and I did. Mm-hmm. I tried not to, but you kind of think like, "Oh, I'm going into this month of silence, and not going to hear from anybody from church, so God's going to reveal the next big thing to me, and I'm going to come back, you know, this new person." Uh, so I didn't really get that, but a, a few things I shared with our church when when i got back was for one just reading the bible just for the sake of being with god was was kind of unexpected and and i enjoyed it very much because normally as a preacher even if i read the bible it's always kind of like all right how how can i teach this preach this i got a sermon coming up i got a class coming up so it's it's beneficial and you can grow spiritually but it was nice to just read and then it's just like a devotional reading, me being with God. There's no like, all right, I got one week and I got to try to teach Ecclesiastes. I'm reading through it. You know, instead, I just got to read it and enjoy it. Uh, so that was one thing that was unexpected, but I enjoyed it. And I need to try to implement into non-sabbatical times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, got, I, I expected this and it delivered, which was just quality time with my kids, with my wife, without on the distraction of my phone constantly going off or mm. uh, like thinking in my mind, you know, I'm always working mentally. Like oh, I, I could change the sermon and do this instead. You know, I didn't, there was nothing, no distractions really, which was great. Uh, and people respected it. So my phone did not go off at all. Like I didn't, nobody yeah. from church was calling or texting, which was cool. So got the quality time with family. I got the, the devotional Bible reading going on. Some other things I didn't expect were like emotional regulation. I think because I stay so busy, there's some emotions that I ignore. And mm-hmm. family, being with uh, people outside of our normal context here, you know, there were some things that I think I had to attend to, like some things that anger, you know, make me mad, make me angry. Why does that make me angry? You know, I had to question some of my own emotions, and I don't like doing that. You know, that's, that's, I, I would rather just stay busy and not have to deal with that. So those are things that sitting on a plane or being in a car for a long time, you're kind of like, why am I feeling this way? Like, what, mm. what is that all about? So and going along with the emotions is my solo week. I really looked forward to that because I thought when you are really busy and everything's loud, it's like the thought of going off in the woods for a week. Sounds great, but when I got there, it was a lot lonelier than I was expecting. Mm. Uh, I would, and I admitted this to the elders during that solo week. After a few days, I broke down, and I started working on sermon—not break down and crying, but I broke down uh, and worked on a sermon for an entire day. This James series that I'm in, 
because I knew I was like, I'm just sitting out here. But as soon as sabbatical is over, I'm going to start preaching again. So I took advantage of that time and I did work a little bit, but I don't know. Still Bible study, I guess is not horrible. It's hard to feel like upset about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Cause you're like, I think that's what you one know, of the elders said. Like, well, we're still reading the Bible, I guess. Like, it's not horrible. Uh, well, that's also just a part of who you are, right? I mean, it's just... yeah, yeah. Like at some point, like you, like it is. It's it's just part of who you are, and it's like it's how you live your life too. It's like how I, you know, spend your some free time. It's I think about that too. Like, there's a lot of moments where, like, I'm thinking about what we're going to do next and what the next step is uh, for our youth ministry. And yeah, I can be on vacation, but like if we're watching TV and we're just goofing off or whatever, like I'm probably still like Googling or looking up. Yeah. Thinking about it or looking up little things and being like, Oh, this would be fun. I'm going to bookmark this for youth group or this is a good idea. Well, I will say um, that during the solo, that's interesting. When I started working on it, that felt right. It was like, okay, now I'm doing something. And I think that's kind of the, Maybe just the American always need to be productive. And so mm. I felt more productive when I did that. Uh, I did talk to a spiritual director that week during my solo week. And I expressed to her that like, I felt lonely and sad. And I didn't expect that. You know, I, I did miss my family a lot. And she pointed out a few things that I thought were really helpful. For one, she said that you might have the expectation of you're going up on the mountain and you're going to come down with the Ten Commandments. And she's like, God may be doing something very different with you. And she's like, you and your elders may have that expectation. And then she also just said, if you're feeling uh, unpleasant emotions, it's like, what if God is just inviting you to experience some of the humanity of Jesus? So when Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness, don't you think there might have been some sadness or loneliness that he had to wrestle through? Mm-hmm. And that was really a game changer for me to think like, all right, it's not like something bad is happening just because I felt some sadness or loneliness during the solo week. Uh, so I took her approach and I was like, yeah, I think maybe think about what Jesus had to deal with. Uh, some of the loneliness he would have felt in the wilderness or on the cross. So that was definitely unexpected. I thought that solo week was going to come back and I was going to be a super calm person with this really wise word from the Lord that I have to share with the world, but I did not get that, but, but that's okay. That was just because I had some, my own expectations. Uh, but yeah, another thing is I didn't, I didn't miss preaching and I don't mean that in a bad way, but people ask me that a lot, like family, like you miss preaching. I'm like, no, I don't. Yeah. I enjoy it now that I'm back, but I didn't, I wasn't attending other churches. We did do that. I wasn't attending churches thinking, man, I wish I was preaching today. It was nice to just sit there with my family. Mm-hmm. It was nice not to prepare. Well, you mentioned that about the, you know, the emotions. Uh, and we were talking, you know, before the podcast started about, man, as soon as Sunday's over, you know, Monday's coming right behind Sunday and we got to start all over in preparation for what's happening on Sunday and making sure that everything, you know, comes as it's supposed to. And then, you know, when you deal with, with other people and the things that are going on as a minister, as a, you know, as someone who, you know, cares for them, there's oftentimes there's not space 
yeah in our lives to deal with our own emotional state yeah um and so and it's and it's not because you know we don't we, we tell everybody the importance of it we know that it's important but because of the constant demand for time and attention that when we get those days you know a day a day and a half a week of that really off time um you know that's it's never really used for my own benefit because now i can really focus my attention on my family and yeah. in my family oftentimes i serve that same role as caretaker and uh, pastor really and, and mm -hmm. minister in a different way spiritually for sure but as a father as a husband um and so i can see how you know you kind of get in that moment and it's like well this is like so foreign mm -hmm. <laughs> um and uh but i can yeah, also see how foreign is a good, good word comes from it. yeah i am i'm an emotional procrastinator <laughs> like I, I like i really uh and like it, it took me a while to figure that out um because uh and so when you were talking about that jody that's what i was thinking about like like i would probably like i'd be like oh i'm gonna go in and have this like awesome holy moment where i'm gonna hear the voice of god but i'd probably spend like the first three days just crying and being upset and frustrated uh because of things that happened like a while ago that I just never like emotionally dealt with because I procrastinated yeah. through it. And I just, you know, like I'm really good on the moment, hot spot kind of a guy. Like if, if something needs done, like I, like I, I function well in those moments, you know, when things go wrong on mission trip, like I function well in those moments to say, this is what we need to do. This is the plan. We'll fix it. And we can do this. That's why like, I enjoy church camp so much. Cause there's a whole lot of like, Oh, that game actually is not going to work at all. So we need to like change it. Right crisis now. management right crisis management yeah um but yeah but i'm an emotional procrastinator i found that out when i was in college and my grandmother passed away and like i was forcing myself to try to feel something and i never really felt anything until like a year and a half later and we were sitting in church on a wednesday night i was home for the summer and i just like started crying on my mom's shoulder and she's like what is going on and i was like <laughs> man grandma's gone <laughs> and she's like what what are you talking about like yeah she's been gone for like over a year and a half uh and it was like I finally was my body was ready to deal with that emotions, and so yeah, I, I think about that on your own time. That, I do the same thing. Yeah, kind of, like I don't process it maybe in the moment like everybody else does. A uh, year and a half yeah. is kind of a long time, but I mean, it is a long time. Everybody's different. Yeah, well, so I can say that is crazy. Foreign was a good word Josh used, an emotional procrastinator. Yeah, that's that was a lot of probably what I was dealing with in hindsight. Mm. Uh, and I just didn't know it. So really, it was just like all of a sudden, em some strong emotions. And I'm like, where is this coming from? Why do I feel this way? And I don't, I don't think this is related necessarily, but the worst day of sabbatical was the very first day. Oh. Mm -hmm. And it was my daughter's birthday. So I feel bad let's, about that. Let's dive into that. Why Why do you say that? Man, I don't know. I've thought about that to. a lot. I prayed about that a lot because I was like, if this is how it's going to be. I'd really like to work. Uh, it's been a lot of days here. It was a Monday, so I would, and that Sunday was, you know, the end of a long stretch of preaching, mm. eight funerals in one year, you know, mm. like all that stuff that had gone on the first half of the year. So I think day one was like, I'm tired still. I'm in a bad mood because of it. My body was tired. My mind was tired. And I think it was like, but it's sabbatical. I'm supposed to be happy and having fun. So I think maybe i just wasn't 
I, I should have given myself, even my wife said, like, those first few days, you should have just gone off by yourself somewhere and slept a lot and then come back. So, I, I mean, she was she was annoyed being around me because I was <laughs> moody and irritable. And our, uh, our living room and kitchen are all one. So, when somebody's getting ice out of the refrigerator or the sink's going, it's like, oh, I got this headache. Y'all be quiet. You know, like, I just, that's the kind of mood I was in. It got better as the day went on. Would you would you switch your weeks? Uh, like when, when I you did, did it again, yeah. Like how you yeah. how you took it. Would you take like next time? Would you be like, yeah, I'm gonna take like two or three solo days, and then come back and do family week, then wife week, and then solo week? Or man, that's I don't a good know how question. you did it. It's a really good question. So the first week was kind of it was a bonus week because. Mm-hmm. I had misunderstood what they were offering. Juan understood it one way. He was taking five weeks, so they said, okay, you can too. So that was kind of a bonus week if I don't have to go in the office. And that once I got past day one, that first week was great. We got in a good rhythm together of mm-hmm. when everybody was going to bed, when everybody was waking up, uh, you know, some of the things we were doing, like with the kids. It was fun. That was a fun week. So I think I'd keep that the same, but maybe day one would just be give myself some grace and maybe just sleep in that day and take it easy and not schedule anything and just realize like hey you're tired to recover a little bit um i don't know if if i would flip-flop the order at all the second week i went to las vegas with my wife and that week was a lot of fun for the two of us Uh, i think that's not something we should wait five years to do again but like go on a trip just the two of us I'll I'll interject there. We actually have members at church who like I've never I I guess like I'm just an idiot. Like I've never heard of this, but they like they have people at church who'll watch their kids and then they'll just leave for like a week and go on vacation like a husband and wife. And they're like young kids. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like people do that? Yeah. Like I was like I love and I was like I love Sam. I love Sam, and I would love to, and I love going on vacation with Sam. But it's different when it's just you. But and man, you. it would be awesome to just like go on vacation with Lauren, like just me and her, and get to go and just like have a blast, like you know. Uh, so that's that's, I agree. Like I, I guess I'm yeah. here going like this, like you know, there's a there's a cruise port, there's a cruise port in New Orleans. There you and go. You've got some good friends that are just an hour and fifteen yeah. minutes from the cruise port. That's right. So, and that's, uh, that's an open they've invitation. raised three kids of their own successfully true. so they could handle sam for a few days they did and they did handle sam uh, pretty well for a couple of those they almost bought him some jordans and i was had to talk him off that mountain <laughs> <laughs> so. yeah that so I, I don't know if i would change the order of that week was great because that was yeah. just the second week and i think that helped us for the rest of the sabbatical because it's like instead of being tired and annoyed with each other mm-hmm. it was a reminder that we do really like each other and, That's and we cool. can have fun together and so that was a great week um yeah i don't know if i would change the order of anything else we went to pagosa springs and got to stay for free in a house with a really nice host family for they do this for ministers so if y'all are interested i could get you in contact uh we were eight thousand feet in elevation up in the mountains that was an awesome week uh, so there was some there was some tough times with the emotional type stuff that day one, but the rest of it was it was a great, it was a great bonding with my family and just relaxing and not working on sermons. Remind me, when did you do your solo week? Was it first, second, third, or fourth? Technically, the third week since we 
I got that bonus first week. Okay. So, was that yeah, after it, vacation with your wife? It was after the week with Jessica, yeah. And the thing that stinks about that is I'd just been away from my kids for a week. Come back, see them for a few days, and it's like, all right, now I'm going on a solo week. And they're like, you're leaving again? So the back-to-back weeks of leaving them, I don't really know how else to go around it. Bang. Mm-hmm. That's some creatine. Yeah. So yeah, I, don't know. I ask a lot of people, what order should I go in? Like outside of Pine Tree, people that have taken sabbatical, yeah. every one of them was like, oh, that's just up to you. And that's up to your scheduling. So it didn't seem like there was any kind of special order that really sets you up right. It was just kind of like however you can get it scheduled. And a lot of it depended on that free week in Picosa Springs, what dates they had available. And then we built it around there. And I went to a free place in Coshada, Louisiana, called yeah. the Abbey Lane Retreat Center. And so I took the dates that they had available there too. So that was my solo week. Hottest week of my life. Yeah, it was hot. It is hot in Louisiana. I can, uh, I can vouch for that. Plugs too. I was looking forward to walking to the woods. And I was like, man, I'm dehydrated and getting eaten alive. So I'm just so gonna said on there in the Cassachi Forest, right? Uh, yeah. Is that how you say it? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I had trouble pronouncing that word. Yeah, that was not my that, – that was a cool place. It was really neat. I think it would be better to come there in October, November when it's cooled down, leaves That's are changing colors. Does it cool down, Josh, in Louisiana yeah. ever? Cause it, it's got to a little bit, people right? say that, that People say that about Texas. They're like, oh, it's going to be cold in December. And I'm like, like 72? Like, what do you mean cold? Like, Yeah. I mean, it'll get it down in the 50s cold, and 60s in November, December. So That would be awesome time to be out there. Yeah. It would be good. Well, Aaron, I was gonna say, Josh, do you have any more moment, man? I was gonna say, do you have any more questions? I was gonna say, I was gonna ask Jody, what's his behind the beard moments? Do you, is there anything, anything else that we haven't shared, we haven't talked about today that you think would be relevant to our viewers or to anybody who's watching this, who's interested in doing a sabbatical or what to expect or kind of anything like that, like in your enlightened man, aha moment? I hope everybody gets a sabbatical if I can help. I mean, the one thing that I, I could share what I learned, experienced, what we talked about, and I can share our sabbatical covenant with the elders. I've shared it with a few others, so if I could help, let me know. Email me. Um, so it was nice to to talk about it, man. I, I will say, I've since I've been back from sabbatical, it's like each week is picking up steam mm. to the point where last week I told you, Aaron, I was like, this is one of the busiest weeks of my mm-hmm. career with all the teaching and speaking engagements I had. And so to sit down this morning when I woke up, I was like, all right, what am I going to talk about today? And it was kind of, it almost seems like a distant memory now because it's been a month and a half since I've been back. Like, oh, yeah, I took a sabbatical and this is what I did. So it was nice for me to just rehash it. Thanks for asking questions, being interested, and having me on here. Yeah, for now sure. I can trim my beard. I've been growing That's it out right. for this moment. <laughs> for this moment. I think that's uh I appreciate you having you on. I appreciate you talking about sabbaticals and things like that. I think uh I think it's an interesting topic. I think it's new territory for uh our branch of the Christian faith, uh kind of a thing. I always think it's interesting um how sometimes we're a little bit slower to, you know, pick up on some of these things. Like it it it, it does make me laugh because I I do know like of some other churches where they're 
their preacher just takes like you know it takes two months off you know every year uh, but that's his time to kind of like take a break but then also prep for the next three quarters uh, of those sermons and and things like that and i'm like yep. you know i uh i, I remember Pretty having common. a conversation yeah. with somebody one time uh I, it was with a preacher and his elder was standing there and he's like you know you could preach a sermon that good you don't have to have notes or anything like this and he said yeah because if the only thing i did was to preach on sunday then like then my sermons would be that like that elevated or whatever like they would be that clean because that's all i'm having to do but i i in in most churches our preachers don't just preach on sunday they teach bible class they teach ladies bible class they do uh pastoral care uh, they visit people. They do, you know. They have so wear lots of meetings. Lots you, of meetings. lots of meetings, and you wear lots of different hats. That like Sunday is not the only only day that we work, or you know, and that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. So um, it's interesting. It's interesting for me. Yeah, take breaks, man. I think I talked to a preacher that said he was on a three week study break, and I was on a big every five year sabbatical that was only one week longer than his every year study break. And I was like, oh. right. Okay. So, yeah, breaks are, it's not that big. I, I don't, I think your church will survive. I think it's good for longevity and everybody needs to take breaks. It's almost like a real sabbatical. It would be like three months or two months or something like that. Yeah. You know, kind of a thing. And some so. do that every seven years. Every seven years, three months instead of five years, one month. Right. Yeah. All right. I think That's Josh crazy. was tired of it. He said, I'm out. He was out. He was out. Hey, you know what, everybody? Uh, we want to... Let's see if I can do this. Um, we want to remind you of, of this verse. This is really important to us here at Behind the Beards, and it's something that we want you to think about. But we want to remind you of Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Right? Do not grow weary in doing good. Uh, this world is messy. This life is messy. So allow Christ to use you to do something different, something good in his name. Uh, I'm Aaron. And usually Josh is with us, but he, I think someone came to the door. Uh, but this is Jody, and we will see you next week on Behind the Beards. Till we're all growing a beard. A man's face should never be bare. We just want some facial hair. We're anticipating, yeah, everyone's waiting for beards. And I'm all that's left, baby. We'll see you next week.